and welcome to another episode of Gamerheads. My name is Roger, aka Rogue Leader seventy six, and with me are my co-host Blue, aka Writer's View, and my co-host Mike, aka Pezman Mike, and my other co-host Christian, aka Fulgan. Blue, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I you, hope you, you guys can understand me. It's kind of, it's kind of rough. Still. Oh. Well, I feel bad now that you're, <laughs> you're on the show. I feel like I'm torturing you. You're going to talk, Blue, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Why don't you go through the entire history of gaming? Yeah, yeah. Start with letter A and go through letter C. Uh, well, I'm glad to have you back. We missed you last week because I did watch Cowboy Bebop. I know. When I listened to the show, I like had to pause it and like take a lap around my house. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy to hear that. And I was even happier to hear that you liked it. Yeah, it is good. I like the music Because if you didn't, I was going to have to quit the show. Oh, oh wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad. I'm glad I liked it then. <laughs> Those are some high standards. Yeah. yeah. No, it is a good, it's a good show. I mean, I like... You know, it reminds me a little bit of Firefly, and then I love the music in it too. It's really good. Yeah, when you when you watch it, you can see just how influential it has been. Yeah, on all kinds of shows and all kinds of genres that came after. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, it's really good. So, did I, you watch the yeah. English dub, Roger? I did. No. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yes. It's in English. How yes. do you not know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty in obvious. English. Yeah, it's obvious. Yes, it's in English. I, is the on... voice acting all right? Yeah. It's. I mean. I yeah. think it's okay. I've watched them both, and I like them both. That's good. I actually good. saw the English one first back when it aired on Adult Swim. Oh. Back way back in the day when it first came out. I see. Nice. Yeah. I. Yeah, I was. Oh, go ahead, Christian. I was just going to say that usually when there is an English dub, most of the time you'll get everyone saying, mm, don't do that one. Oh. Have That's you seen kind of uh... elitist, though, I think. Yeah. Have you seen it, Christian? Have you no, seen it? I have not. Oh, okay. No. Okay. But I think like with pretty much any anime, you'll get, like a, for the most part, the English dub is of not as good quality mm. when compared to the Japanese voice acting. But... I don't understand Japanese, so most of the time I can't even tell anyways. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it, probably that used to be the case, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I think they do really well with dubs these days. That's good. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and it's – so I was a little wor- – so so it used to be – so I haven't checked out Crunchyroll in a long – is that Crunchyroll, that app, right, that uh, you can watch anime? So I, I used to have that, and then I re-downloaded it, and then it was like, oh, if you want to watch – anime on this it's like you have to pay for it i'm like wait what that wasn't like that before <laughs> but then it was on hulu and i was like yay <laughs> so, so i've been watching I, on hulu i don't know if it's still on there but youtube has the has a uh, fan dub of the animal crossing movie and that was oh. that was never that was There's never an animal uh, crossing movie yeah yeah oh. animated movie it's about i think it's like an hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes long um, they, yeah, they came out in theaters in Japan. They never released it, of course, overseas. So there was a group that did their own fan. And it was actually very good quality for a fan dub. Wow. Wow. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. You piqued my interest, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Scott I hope, 
I hope that the plot of the movie is uh, Tom Nook like going around um, with like brass knuckles demanding his money. <laughs> yep, that would be awesome. <laughs> it's a it's a heist movie starring Red. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, that's right. Yeah, that guy. He's your cousin though, but not really. I think he just uses. Oh, that's that right. Yeah, because he calls everybody cuz. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that guy's shady, but <laughs> but you still buy stuff from that guy. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, so I've been watching that show. So I I will let you know when I complete the whole series, but I've been enjoying it so far. So please do. You should actually write a feature of it for the site. Oh. Like a newbie's first time through Cowboy Bebop or something. There you okay. go. Okay. All right. I will. Yeah. I Roger mean, reacts. Roger reacts. <laughs> That's a good column name. I like that. I'll I'll do it. I'll have a lot of reaction today to uh to, to one of the games that we're reviewing. So yeah. Uh, speaking of which, so yeah, well today we'll be reviewing a couple games. Uh, we have a review of Our World Is Ended and Gallic Z: The Void, and then we also have some news, and then our hot topic actually revolves around uh, an article that our friend Robert wrote. And they were talking about Days Gone and the score that it has on Metacritic is a 7 out of 10. And people seem to be saying that's a bad game. So I want to talk about, is 7 out of 10 really a bad review score? And why do people think that? So we'll, we'll talk about that today. But first, in honor of May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you guys. And also with you. <laughs> that popped go, into my head too. That I would go to head. that church. I First. would go to that church. <laughs> yeah, any church goer will automatically respond with yes. that. Just the yes. knee jerk reaction. Yes. So in honor of May the fourth, though, um, I thought our icebreaker. Well, actually, I think we all agreed to this. Uh, we should do something about Star Wars. So I thought we could talk about our favorite Star Wars game. Nice. So, uh, Mike, I'll start with you. What is your favorite Star Wars game? You really shouldn't have started with Uh-oh. me. Uh-oh. Why? You I've, have so many? I've played two Star Wars games in my what? life. Are you the... not a Star Wars fan? Uh, I mean, I'll watch what? a Star Wait, Wars what? movie. What? 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 Okay, what? like, do I have to quit the show again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I know what? No, who... I, I don't think you have to quit, Blue. I think somebody has to get off her show, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What the Why, heck, because, Mike? Because I don't know who Luke Skyblaster is. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. <laughs> nice. No, I've I've only honestly I've only played um, Empire Strikes Back on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Oh wow, oh, that's that not bad. Not good. That no, that's not good. Tough. That's a tough game. Yeah, and it's not good. Like, yeah, I like no. it. It's good it's... for an Atari game, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah, guess. that's true. Oh wait, played... Atari. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were saying. The Super Nintendo. Oh no, Super oh. Nintendo version is good. Yeah, Atari's not good. No, that's where you have to yeah. where you have to blast the ad ads in the yes. right in the chest cavity in that one only specific spot. Man, it's tough. But um, to that point, uh, the only other game I ever played and I really enjoyed it was um, Shadows of the Empire on the sixty four. Not bad. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good game. Also, because I, just I really got didn't... that not too long ago, but I really? still really? play it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, there weren't many other options of games to play on the 64 at that time, so I uh, I picked that one up, and uh, that I, that Hoth level was uh, is is one of my favorites. I just played that one oh, over yeah. and over that again. Is, that and, is uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, and also where you're piloting the uh, Millennium Falcon in the 
and need to escape. Um, I think it was the Death Star before it explodes and stuff. It's it was it was a good game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that was it. I think those those are the only Star Wars games. I I, w- I remember being really excited about Phantom Menace on the PS One because it was billed as a beat 'em up like uh, Streets of Rage. Oh. And it what? did play and it yeah and, that and would it be did, terrible. <laughs> well, it was terrible. Yeah, and uh-huh. and it was like the 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 controls were awful. Like you'd fall into pits that weren't there, things like that. It was it was man, it was bad. But, what game is this? Uh, Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Phantom Menace. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So yeah, so those are the, that was really the only Star Wars games I, I ever played. So you never, you never even played the Pod Racer arcade. That's just gonna ask the same thing. Yeah. That no. one's really good. Have you no, ever played the all, Star Wars would... arcade game? No, no, oh. no. Oh. The arcade that's the one where you're in the giant uh ship thing yeah. or yeah. no. Nope, yeah. never heard of it. Oh. <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> as soon as you describe what it is. Yeah. 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 Mike's on nope. a roll today. Yeah. Mr. Wow. Funny. Yep. <laughs> that's good. Wow. So yeah, no, that's uh, and so yeah, I, I I'm not the person to go to first on this, but yeah, but I, I did play uh, Shadows of the Empire a lot. So okay. that's a good game. Uh, what about you, Christian? I know you played some Star Wars games. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Star Wars Episode Three, uh, the video game, for being a movie licensed game that doesn't absolutely suck. Game surprisingly good. But my favorite Star Wars game uh, was one that I played first at a McDonald's, and then my dad got <laughs> what you, it. What? What? So I had a I had a GameCube back in the day, and oh, yeah. sometimes uh, there were a few McDonald's restaurants that would have uh, a GameCube in there, like an N64, yeah. and one had a GameCube, and I played like Super Mario Sunshine for the first time, and I played Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader for the first time. Oh, yeah, and my dad actually ended up getting the game at one point in time. We went camping once, and my dad got like two GameCube games for some reason. And we had power in the camper, so we would play games. And one of them was, uh, what was it? It was Piglet's Big Adventure, which was like a Winnie the Pooh game. And that's the one that he let us play. And then for himself, he got Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2. And there was one time I was outside playing, and I came back in, and I saw my dad playing it. And then he turned it off immediately and then put it away. And ever since then, I was like wildly obsessed with whatever it was my dad was playing. And I like caught a glimpse of the case, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. This looks amazing. And I like wrote in my diary for like the next two weeks, just like fantasizing about me playing this game, (laughs) me asking my dad, can I play the Star Wars game, please? And him saying no and me crying. And then you wrote this all in your journal. Yeah, and then like no, a week no, no. later, he said diary. Diary. Oh, yeah, diary. You have to respect his terminology. That's he said right. diary. That's right. Thank you, Blue. <laughs> so, about a week after we got back from camping, I was talking to my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I really want to play that Star Wars game. Do you think Dad would be mad at me if I played it?" And she was like, "No, I don't think so." And I'm like, "What? Like, <laughs> it's gonna be okay?" And she was like, "Yeah, you can go ahead and play it." And I was like, "Oh." My gosh. So I went, I got it, I popped it in, and I played this game at a point in time when I had not seen any of the original trilogy Star Wars movies. And that game begins with the blowing up of the first Death Star. And that game, like, makes that sequence compelling, absent of any of the movie. Like, that game is fantastic. 
absent of the source material. And why? I think that's a real testament to how great that is. Why would you want to play is. the game if you didn't even see the original trilogy? Yeah. I grew up with Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. And oh my god, I am so sorry. So, uh, oh. <laughs> anything Star Wars, oh, I just man. wanted my hands on it. Oh, um, Christian. A lot, <laughs> uh, you just said in the last five minutes has explained a lot about you, man. I am... <laughs> I'm sorry, Roger. <laughs> I, I am so sorry that... <laughs> That uh, my generation has failed you, apparently, and and made you watch the first three movies. You need to see. Did you you seen the trilogy now? Right. Oh you? yeah, plenty okay, of times. Okay, thank God. Oh my God. So yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. The main There's thing a lot that to unwrap. I'm wondering about Christian's story is what on earth were those controllers like? At that McDonald's. Oh, oh have you ever, have you ever seen this? How disgusting must they have been? <laughs> oh man, I don't want to think about that now. Yeah, because I probably immediately ate food afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's not good to think about. It's so funny that you say that, Christian, because when I lived outside of Madison, uh, in Sauk City, uh, they had a uh, GameCube inside the McDonald's, and that was the oh, first yeah? and only time I've ever seen that. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And this is before I had kids, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, but there's probably slimy, goopy hands all over that. <laughs> yeah, controller. kids sneezing and drooling uh, and yeah. chewing yeah. on it, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it didn't really work very well either. Like, I remember, like. Oh, no. That's because they was... were chewing on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. Awesome. Oh, boy. Yeah. They kind of ended that. That didn't you know that like you said there was only a couple mcdonald's that actually had that and then (laughs) that experiment ended after that Mm -hmm. experiment as as far as i know i don't think any mcdonald's uh has that now so interesting so a lot to unwrap there christian but we don't have time for all of that so blue (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite star wars game i think this is actually a trick like generational question you can tell how oh. old everybody is by their answers <laughs> because my favorite Star Wars games are the Super Star Wars trilogy on mm. Super Nintendo. Nice. That is a good series. Yes. And um, the first one, Super Star Wars, is my favorite. I worked and worked and worked so hard at that game as a kid. <laughs> and then I got to where I could beat it and it was awesome. And then I tried picking it up a couple months ago, and I was just like, how the hell did I used to do this? This is so hard. I can't yeah. even get past the first level. Yeah. But did you – But I mean, as a kid, I thought that was awesome, but there are some things in that game that just don't make sense. Like, don't you fight against, like, a big scorpion or something? Don't like worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> It's canon. <laughs> Besides, I mean, if you read any of the books of the EU, you know there are all kinds of monsters out there. So. That's true. That is true. That is true. Just I didn't see them in the original Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> they were digitally put back in by George. Yeah. Oh, so. You shut yeah. your mouth. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, that was a good series. I really loved uh, Return of the Jedi out of that series. Yeah. I really loved Return of the Jedi. Yeah, And then good. as a um, special mention, also that same trilogy on Game Boy. I spent a lot of oh. time. Even though the Star Wars one is different. but mm-hmm. No no Scorpion in that one? <laughs> it's a completely different game. Oh. 
I haven't played the Game Boy ones at all. Mm. But yeah, I really like those series too. I uh, I would say for myself, my favorite Star Wars game would have to be Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront mm. 2, not the new one. The original Battlefront 2. That game was so good for its time and it was cross-play compatible, so you could play if you oh, had a PS2, you could play that with a PC player. So it was awesome. It was so cool. I loved that game a lot. And you could play, like, that was introducing, like, heroes, too. So you could mm-hmm. either play as a hero or take on the heroes. And, like, Luke Skywalker would be running up and you'd just be, like, throwing a bunch of grenades at him and try to take him out. Oh, that game was so good. And, 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 I think last month it was free on Xbox Gold, so. Not bad. Yeah. So I really liked that game a lot. So, listeners, what are your favorite Star Wars games in honor of May the 4th? Uh, you can let us know by sending us a tweet at GamerHeadsPC. You can send us an email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast. You can go to our website at GamerHeadsPodcast.com and leave us a message there. Or you can go to our Facebook page as well, and, and that's Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast, and leave us a message there as well. All right, so with that, let's move on to our news. And I have a couple items here, and like every week, if you have something that you would like to bring up, please feel free to do so. The first one, though, I have... uh, Blue, you brought this up. You want to read the first news item? Uh Uh-oh. Blue? Mike? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I lost you, Blue. No, I'm sorry. I was muted. I had a minor coughing fit. And oh, so okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Me. Maybe I shouldn't even call out you at all. <laughs> I feel bad. Blue, I'm do you want to read all the news items this week? I am <laughs> here. I am a team member. I am participating. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, this comes from Game Informer. Epic Games acquires Rocket League developer Psyonix. And the big question on everybody's mind is... Will Rocket League continue to be sold on Steam? Yeah. Or will it become an exclusive? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm looking it up. <laughs> so I'm so, fact checking. So Epic said that they'll continue to support it, but there's no word whether or not they're going to sell new copies on Steam. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. It's, I, you know, this is a pretty big. Rocket League is still available on Steam right now. Um, I think that this is pretty big. I mean, especially seeing with what they're, uh, what they're, all the stuff they're doing with Fortnite in terms of uh, keeping it going with events and, um, you know, and all that. I think that's it's interesting um, to see what they're going to do with Rocket League uh, or what they're going to allow Psionics to do, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern is a lot of the stuff in Fortnite is really overpriced. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the stuff in Rocket League is reasonably priced. Like I, I'm okay with spending three dollars on to make to to get a uh, the Jurassic Park Jeep, you know, in Rocket League. I'm not gonna pay twenty bucks like Epic charges for these Fortnite skins. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting acquisition. I don't understand why now or kind of what they saw in that because Rocket League was huge three years ago like it was the fortnight of three years ago in some sense and it has continued to you know engender a fan base by putting out like this rocket pass which is basically the fortnight battle pass and continued with updates new modes all that kind of thing 
And the psionics people have been very vocal about them not having any desire to put out a Rocket League 2 anytime soon. But they're totally fine just continuing to support Rocket League. So by buying psionics, they would get exclusive rights to any future games they make, I guess. But, like, psionics hasn't continuously demonstrated their you know, prowess at making successful games. I feel like Rocket League was very much lightning that struck just right because they made a game right before Rocket League called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Battle Cars. That was the same thing. It was car soccer, but it was just a little too complex and they just simplified everything for Rocket League and then it took off. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean... seriously the name? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And people thought it was too complicated, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a name like that, why would you think it would be a complicated game? Who knows? Uh, but, but Rocket League still is still is pretty popular. I watch yeah, uh, I the tournament, the, the pro leagues on on Twitch, and there's tens of thousands of viewers that holy cow yeah, that, that tune into the uh, pro league. Yeah, I was gonna say like from a from an esports side, I mean Rocket League is still extremely popular and. And I mean, I would think that if Steam, I mean, not Steam, I mean, Epic bought them, I would think that they would also say, you know, there's there's some there's potential here for more growth, too. So my, that's my thought, at least. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Epic would go and buy this and thinking yeah, there's nothing, you know, <laughs> there's a dead end. Yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting for sure. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But uh Certainly interesting. Uh, Mike, do you want to take the next item? I sure can. Uh, this comes from Nintendo Life. Uh, this is some actually some major news. The so- uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie director promises to change Sonic's controversial design. Uh, since the original trailer dropped, uh, people have expressed their dislike, and that's putting it lightly, of the uh, design <laughs> of Sonic. And the director in the studio have heard the complaints. So director Jeff Fowler tweeted, uh, thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making the char- this character the best he can be. That's crazy. This That's is crazy. amazing on so many levels because I think this is the first time I've ever heard of Hollywood taking its head out of its collective rear end uh and listening to what the people want yeah instead of trying to tell us what we want i hope michael bay is paying attention (laughs) wow um this this i'm really happy to to hear about this but what's what i find funny is that there's so many people now on twitter coming to coming to their defense oh they didn't have to change it it's everyone's going to be overworked not not that i'm saying that they should be overworked but what i'm it's just like the pe- people who are arguing now are arguing in the other direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just, ugh, internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, for, so I will say this. So when the trailer dropped, uh, I, I, I was watching it over Christian's shoulder and I'm like, this looks terrible. This looks really bad. This looks really, really bad. And I mean, Sonic looked kind of weird, but I think the part that I thought was bad, but also good in the same sense that, Jim Carrey's back. He's back to his normal Jim Carrey self, except yeah. that he's playing Jim Carrey in this movie. Huh. And and somebody said it's like Ace Ventura 3. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because, 
I mean, him as Dr. Robotnik, I'm sorry. It looks terrible. I thought that was the part that looked terrible. I didn't really care about the Sonic design. I didn't really care about that. But really? in the movie itself, you know, because that's movie. what everybody's saying is is the sole like saving grace that the film seems to have. It's yeah. Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. They're saying he's, yeah, they're saying he's mm-hmm. going to carry this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, that's, uh, that's the point everybody's joke. been making. Oh. It's that's not my joke. Good. I'm not taking credit for that joke. <laughs> I think, the, really? The thing, people people yeah. think that looks good? I honestly, like, I uh, to be completely honest with you, if you watch that trailer, there are some things that show that they're trying to do what they can to keep it as faithful to the game as possible. Obviously, Sonic's design... You know, um, notwithstanding, granted, you know, at the end of the trailer, Jim Carrey actually looks like Robotnik, except for the giant, you know, egg body. But at least his face and the giant mustache and the, you know, and the goggles and everything. But you can tell in the trailer that he is like a uh, engineering genius. He's got all these, you know, he, he's a master of robotics, which in the game, all the, you know, he he creates robots and, and traps all the the, you know, furry creatures inside them. You know, there's a ton of weapons in it. I don't know. I think there, there, there's rings. I saw the rings in the in the trailer. I'm not saying that's a good trailer. I'm not defending the trailer. I'm just saying in terms of Dr. Robotnik, it, it looks like they're capturing his, his. Uh, I guess what makes him him. Now the right, now the script is, is from what I've heard sounds t- absolutely terrible, but at least they're trying. You know? Yeah, they're they're giving the bare minimum, like couple nods here and there. Yeah. Yes. Try to keep Sonic fans happy. But I think what's the other interesting thing about this is that, like, they released that poster a couple months ago and everybody went, oh, no, that looks awful. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then they released that teaser shot of of this design of Sonic and it broke the internet. Everybody said, this is awful. And then the trailer comes out and surprise, surprise, everybody says, this is awful. And now they're like, oh, thanks for the criticism. We heard you. I was like, we've been saying this for months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what changed? Yeah. Who knows? It's the teeth. Once they saw the teeth, they're like, that's oh, God, it. The teeth are the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> they're absolutely the worst part. It's disgusting looking. Okay. So this is the problem. This movie, like, is the army in Sonic games at all? Like the U.S. Army? No. Not Does Sonic Adventure? Dr. Doctor Dr. Robotnik work for the army army as a contractor? No. Okay. And Roger, and Dr. it's Robot- a train wreck. It's a dumpster <laughs> yeah, fire. It's bad. <laughs> don't, yeah. You don't need to like search for ways that this is going to be like the game because oh, yeah. it's not. <laughs> I try to see the best in everything, as you know, as you just heard thirty seconds ago. It's going to be difficult for me to to defend this. Uh, but we'll see how the new design. I think the new design. I'm hoping that it's, it's it can't be much worse, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's crazy because if they're really gonna redesign him, you yeah. think about how much work, yeah. and rendering, and all Yikes. the, mm-hmm. it could set the movie back by a, a year. No yeah. kidding. I I don't see how they can actually do that. Yeah. yeah, and it's not gonna make a better movie. The movie's still gonna no. be what it is. Yeah. I mean, you'll just not have to look at this disgusting thing half the time, which I guess will be nice. But yeah, I think the movie's still going to be not good, which kind of has me more excited than I would be <laughs> otherwise. Oh, it looks like the most beautiful train wreck, and I'm so excited. I mean, Sonic with generic military plot 
I mean, come on. It, it like reminds me of like the Woody Woodpecker movie, just so generic cookie cutter, yeah. you know, happy go lucky family movie. And like even the trailer showcased a logical inconsistency where, you know, Sonic he's so fast, he can freeze time and play drums with missiles. Yeah. But he also gets shot with a dart gun and gets yes. caught off guard. Yeah. So I guess he couldn't freeze time there. That's that's too bad. Maybe the well, movie will explain that, but he was trying to be funny. He was trying to disarm him with his humor. I guess so. Uh, but why yeah. bother if you can just get out of the way? Yeah, I don't know. This, this is so bad. And, and is Dr. Robotnik, I'm sorry. Is he known Is he known for his humor? Is he known to be like witty and funny? No. It doesn't matter. You've got Jim Carrey. <laughs> this is yes. so bad. This is so bad. I'm just, and I'm, for all you Sonic fans out there, and there's one in particular, and I know they're listening to this this episode, and I know they know who they are. Come on, as a Sonic fan, you you must say this is bad. I mean, don't defend this. This is garbage. You deserve better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you deserve better. <laughs> in the same sense, I think the director of uh, the Pokemon game, uh, Pokemon movie that's coming out. The detective, detective Pikachu. Pi- yeah, the detective Pikachu. They said, "Oh my gosh, that would be a nightmare if we had to redesign it." If somebody came out and said I that bet. Pikachu looked terrible, mm-hmm. um, which I guess that movie is coming out with mixed reviews right now too. Some the, critics the, are saying it's not the, good. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that the people that are saying it's good are people that are writing for like gamer sites and and yeah. you know, but the people that are saying that it's bad are people that write for. Um, like movie sites, like are yeah. like typical movie um, critics. Yeah, and then movie, this one's not made for them. So yeah. I'm yeah. going to see. I'm going to see it. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it looks <laughs> so, funny. Not Sonic. Not Sonic. But uh, Pikachu. Detective <laughs> Pikachu. Let me throw that write out. Write a review for the site. Yeah. Okay. I there could do go. that. I just finally saw the trailer a couple days ago when we went to see Avengers, and. Um, yeah, that that looks that looks quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just coming yeah. coming from somebody on the outside who doesn't even play Pokemon, what? it's not for me. I understand. You Wait, you don't have you ever played Pokemon at all? Yes, we've been okay. over this. I have tried Pokemon games and not enjoyed them. So okay. And yeah. Mike is a, like the biggest Pokemon fan ever, right? Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> I've never beaten a Pokemon. Actually, the only the first Pokemon game I ever played was Alpha Sapphire on the 3DS. So oh. it took me a long time to even get into the series. Oh, and um, I you know I, I you know what I did? Yes, I did beat that game. And but I, I mm-hmm. haven't. I only played Pokemon games for uh, probably about halfway through, and then I give up. Christian, yeah. you, you are, but you are Christian. You're the Pokemon generation. Are you excited about this movie? Um, I think I got a lot of excitement or a lot of enjoyment out of the trailer that made me feel like I don't really have to go to the movie because oh. I just like seeing these cool new Pokemon designs. Because I'm like, oh, Mr. Mime, that's cool. That's a cool way to use them. Or whoa, that's a that's a freaky looking Charizard. I don't need to see you know an hour and a like an hour of. Ryan Reynolds talking his Pikachu and then waking up and then bumbling around and being like, what's up, dude? I don't need an hour of that just to get the half hour of interesting Pokemon stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I mean, that was kind of interesting. And I got to keep telling myself that every Pikachu is different, right? Because, I mean, yep. <laughs> they're not Ash's Pikachu. So, mm-hmm. oh so I got to keep telling myself that. I don't know. Such uh, high standards in this episode. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to film Twitter. (laughs) I love, I love reading movie review summaries for the very dry and bad puns. That is my favorite part about any movie critic. They love their bad puns, like the Associated Press uh, review summary for Pokemon, or I'm sorry, for Detective Pikachu is you've played Pokemon Go, right? Call this one Pokemon Don't Go. Oh. Oh. That's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, this is every movie review, man. They're so bad. Yeah. Uh, they're trying. They're grasping at straws for the next pun that they can put up on their review. Mm. Mike, you gotta when you write your review of Sonic, that's how you gotta write it, or of Pokemon, or whatever whatever movie you're gonna review. You could review both of them. You gotta write it that way. The whole thing will be filled with terrible puns. Yeah, exactly. It sounds amazing. It won't even make sense. It'll just be pun after pun, <laughs> and then I'll give it a grade. Yeah. Yes. Oh, funny. Uh, and then the last item that I have, uh, Christian, you want to take the last item? Sure. Speaking of trash, oh. uh, this one's from Games Radar. Seventeen thousand Neantic players helped collect 145 tons of trash around the world for Earth Day 2019. So Niantic revealed that 17,000 Pokemon Go and Ingress players, they collected uh, 145 tons of trash for a total of 41,000 hours in the name of Earth Day 2019. The impressive feat brought the player communities together with non-government organizations to collect rubbish from various different locations across the globe and raise awareness about the environment. Yeah, so I think they had like 300 different events going on uh around earth day to help promote that and get people out there to pick up trash that's awesome that's really cool yeah absolutely i wanted to include something because you always hear like bad things about gamers like you know how bad gamers are and games are (laughs) not gamers well not all gamers yeah the game gamer being the lazy basement dweller yeah 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 so i thought that'd be cool to have some highlight something where hey you know what (laughs) Like, there's some positive things that can happen in gaming world, too. So, Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had for the news. Do you guys have anything else? The new Star, uh, Starlink, Star Fox yes. stuff dropped this that's week, right. didn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, the Crimson Moon DLC. Is that what it is? I think so. I think it's called. Yeah, it's, and it's specifically Star Fox related. Yeah. Mm, so does that mean it's not on other platforms? I would guess not. That's really weird now that you mentioned huh. that. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, that is really weird. That's the only bit of news I got. Slow so, week. So, I mean, kind of going off of that. So, I, Mike, I know you have the game, but Blue or Christian, have you played Starlink at all? No. No. Okay. So, like, so what's really weird about it is that they're... So, I have it on a Switch, and Mike, you have it on a Switch, right? Yep. And so there is... T- have you played it yet, Mike, or no? <laughs> uh that's gonna be a that's gonna be a negatory on that's there, smart right? Mike. don't let them know you have it and then they yeah. won't send you emails asking that's you if right. you'll play it again yeah. yeah i do get emails from ubisoft saying are you gonna come back this weekend and play the game i'm like oh my god stop guilting me uh <laughs> but uh the, 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 there's tons of content in the game a, even a whole chunk of story 
that is specific to Fox McCloud and the the uh and his group. And I'm thinking, how could this be? Like this doesn't exist in the other games at all. It's so <laughs> weird to me. <laughs> it's so weird to think that they cut a lot of that out of the other games or you know, didn't include it. So that's oh. that's impressive. I don't know. It seems it seems like uh they kind of given up hope on on the game. Well, that and I mean at least from the Toys to Life uh perspective cuz they said they're not going to make any more ships or anything. Mhm. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the ships to come down in price. <laughs> there Smart. you go. Good call. Uh anything else? Well, nope. if we were speaking about bad movie adaptations. Ooh. You better not say Endgame was bad. Uh, what um, (laughs) what that wasn't what i was gonna say (laughs) okay okay (laughs) would it matter if i did (laughs) no not really (laughs) see so (laughs) um it was announced this week because they're um for the cowboy bebop adaptation that live action adaptation that netflix is doing they're releasing you know a lot of casting decisions and then it came out that the Ein is going to be played not by a corgi, as in the anime, but by a Siberian husky. What? Right? Hmm. What well, is that even about? Why? <laughs> why? Why? Literally, why? There's no reason. I like. I don't even know where to begin with that. Wow. Maybe because yeah. huskies are easier to train or something. That's not Probably. even a little bit true. Yeah, it's I think huskies okay. aren't the smartest dogs. Uh, on the no, I own huskies, and they are smart enough to know they don't have to listen to you. That's no. the thing. Oh, no. Corgis are herding dogs, so they're oh. super athletic, super smart, and they want to please you. They want to do what you oh. say. They they would be like the perfect like movie dog. And so hmm. I, I have no idea the logic behind this. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. My little brother doesn't know what a corgi is, but he does love himself a husky. Maybe they're shooting for my brother. There you go. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe they just figure huskies are uh, cooler looking. I yeah. I don't know. It's, it's stupid. It's yeah. Really, really stupid. <laughs> oh boy. Will it make you not watch the show though? Well, I wasn't going to watch it anyway, but it's like what? every time I hear something new about it, I'm just like, stop, stop ruining <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Really? You're not excited about about the live action at all? No, it's going to be terrible. Because it has so, some okay, here's pretty the big thing. names in it. Here's the thing. <laughs> the Cowboy Bebop anime is about as close to perfection as you can come. Oh. So anything that they try is going to be less. It doesn't matter how good of a job they do. Yeah. It's just going to be less. Do you do you think that they're going to take the storylines in this? I mean, do you think it's going to be like brand new or do you think they're going to take the same exact story and, and pop it as live action? I don't I would imagine that's what they would do. It's yeah. what they did with um, Death Note mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they <laughs> ruined that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've already demonstrated that they don't particularly care about understanding the source material. Yeah. They just kind of want to throw some nods into the people who are fans and then do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Sonic. 
Kind of <laughs> like Sonic. You see, there's a pattern here. <laughs> there is. About there studios is. who just want to make money off of established properties. <laughs> the next trailer for Sonic. They're going to change completely change Sonic, and he's going to be a corgi now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it comes full circle. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jeez. It's not even going to be animated. It's just going to yeah, be an actual a real corgi. He doesn't yeah. even talk or anything. <laughs> he doesn't even run fast. <laughs> but he'll have a chili dog in his mouth. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh yeah. There's did... your nod, gamers. Now shut up. Exactly. Was, was he eating a, a chili dog in the trailer at all? I don't remember. No. Oh. I don't think I saw him. I... Oh. Okay. Doing that. Well. But yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Uh. All right. Well, let's let's move on to our listener feedback then. Uh, listeners, uh, you can get a hold of us uh, if you want to give us some feedback. You can send us a tweet. And Christian, how can people send us a tweet? At Gamerheads PC. And they can send us an email. Info at GamerheadsPodcast.com. And what's our Facebook page? Facebook.com slash Gamerheads Podcast. And finally, uh, we have a website, too. What's that, Christian? Gamerheadspodcast.com. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we still have to work on the jingle for that. But that would be awesome. Anyway, so last week. I'm so impressed, week, though. I'm so impressed that he he never says the wrong one. I know. And I, I get close. It up. I change <laughs> it up. <laughs> no matter what order you do it, he's ready. I know. I know. Uh, so last week we asked, uh, because of Endgame, we asked what uh, your favorite Marvel game is. And here are some of your responses. So uh, the first one is from Honest Pokemon, and at Honest Pokemon. And they tweeted, Spider-Man and Venom, Separation Anxiety. Uh, yeah, I like that game. I think, Mike, you said that you liked the other one more, right? Yeah, I never played Separation mm-hmm. Anxiety. I did play Maximum Carnage, and I loved Maximum Carnage. Yeah. But I never awesome. never did. did... Uh, Separation Anxiety came out right around the time that I got, that I moved away from comics. Oh. So, But I was really familiar with Maximum Carnage because I read that storyline. Um, but that was right when I stopped the comics and started paying attention to, I don't know, other things. Which one one came out first? I don't remember. Maximum Carnage came first. That's when Carnage first showed up. But Separation Anxiety has Carnage and uh, the female Carnage. I forgot what her name was. Uh, I apologize to all our diehard Spider-Man fans out there. (laughs) Carnage-ina. Yeah. (laughs) What did you move on to, Mike? Uh, (laughs) What did I move on to? Oh, you know what? No, I, I moved on to Grunge. Oh, and yeah, grunge music, you know, with the whole tying my uh, tying my flannel around my waist. Yep. Oh, I though, know. Even though it's oh, like 15 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Wearing a band shirt uh, and nope. uh, basketball. I was getting to those. You know, that was right when when Wait, the Bulls what? were doing all their things. So. <laughs> yeah. Those two don't mix at all, man. Grunge was against all that kind of established sportsy. Yeah, but I'm thing. yeah, but at the same time, I'm also into Evil Dead, and then I'll also play Yoshi's Crafted World. So <laughs> that's true. That's you know, I'm true. a man of many talents, Roger. <laughs> that's true. So you would wear your flannel shirt with your with your uh, Michael Jordan <laughs> jersey. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, let's next one here, Mike. Do you want to take the next one? Uh, sure. This comes from Retro Gift Monster. They said Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, followed by Marvel vs. Capcom 2. But for modern stuff, the new Spider-Man game by Sony was excellent. Of course. All good choices. I'm surprised uh, Ultimate Alliance 2 that he chose that over uh, Ultimate Alliance 1, because 
a lot of people are saying that uh part one was the better was the better game yeah it i in my opinion i think the first one was a better much better game mm-hmm. i i beat the first one the second one i didn't beat because i just i just didn't get into it i just couldn't get into hmm. it but the first one i put in so many hours into that game to unlock all the suits and everything oh my yeah, god so many oh. characters in that that's one thing i'm kind of worried about for ultimate alliance 3 yeah. that they're not going to have go, go with as deep as a roster and with all the different costumes like they had some really obscure characters. I think yeah. you, I think you could play as well. Blade's not very obscure, obscure, no. but you could play as Blade and everything. Even there was one level, if I'm not mistaken, that was entirely dedicated to the X Men villain arcade. Yep. yep. Oh wow. Yeah. And well, he's and not a very well known X Men villain. No, he's not. But they made that X Men arcade Ar- arcade's revenge that video game. Yeah. Which was not good, but <laughs> I made that game. Uh that is not on anybody's list. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Christian, you want to take the next one? Sure. Overthinkery1 tweeted, Spider-Man 2018 or Spider-Man 2 2006? He also really enjoyed Marvel superheroes and even the X-Men 3 game of the film, which barely followed the movie and was therefore better than it might have been. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, you talked about both of those games. You liked Spider-Man... Was it Spider-Man 2 you liked it, right? right Christian? Spider-Man 19, or 2000? 1999? Oh, 2000. Okay, okay. Spider-Man 2 is great, though, also. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, the one, that's the one where you're delivering pizzas, right? Spider-Man Heck 2? Heck yeah. Yeah. I, pl- uh, I platinumed uh, <gasps> Lego what? Marvel Super Heroes. Oh, oh that, was Mike. A, that was a good game. I really enjoyed playing that. It is I thought you were going to say you platinum Spider-Man, Mike. I got so excited. Oh, no, I'm still working <laughs> on that. <laughs> You know, that game, uh, what was it? I think, like, the most Platinums to be achieved was on Spider-Man, the 2018 game. Wow. Well, it wasn't it's a pretty easy Platinum. That? It's a fun one. I think it was, like, 10% of the people that own the game Platinumed it. Jeez. Largest percentage of people Platinuming a game, so crazy. Uh, and Blue, do you want to take the last one? Sure. This comes from Crunchy Kong. And he said, the new Spider-Man game by a mile, it really is that good. Yeah. Everybody loved Very it. Good. And it was pretty funny. Really it was pretty funny because actually a lot of people responded with like that exact phrasing. It really is that good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It is. It is. It's a fantastic game. Like, to me, I mean, I still think that's my game of the year last year. Uh, wow. So, it's really good. Although, I have to admit I it really is that God good it really is that good. <laughs> it really is that good <laughs> i have not played god of war yet so i do have to play that you really so. need to do that i know uh yeah so thanks everybody for tweeting your favorite marvel game i would bob would ask blue what is your favorite marvel game <laughs> why why you got to do that Uh-oh. <laughs> awkward silence <laughs> Hey, look over there. That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do have to ask though. You did see Endgame, right? Yeah. You didn't like it? Um, I mean, it's fine. Okay. It's you know bright colors and explosions and whatnot. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> did your husband like it? Yeah, he did. Okay. Uh, did you see all the other movies before this or no? No, I've probably seen like three of them. Okay. So did you feel I don't lost? know. Yeah, I don't know who anybody uh-huh. is. I don't know okay. why the good guys are fighting mm-hmm. with each other. That seems kind of stupid to me. Um, but there's a lot of melodrama that's lost on me. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's okay. Yeah, There's a lot of fan service in that movie. There's yeah, like there a is. whole third 
where they're basically just referencing previous movies. And that would be significantly less amusing if you have not seen those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was very yeah, it was long, but I ran out of popcorn. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. So, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I understand it was a very big event, so. Yeah. It's what I think it might make the most money after this weekend out of all. Movies. I think that's what I heard is that it finally dethroned Avatar. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like. Which even not knowing what's going on, I like this movie better than Avatar. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 100% agree. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a lot of movies, though, I would like more than Avatar. I might actually like the Sonic movie more than Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> They redesigned Sonic to be one of those Avatar people. Yeah. Oh, Nobby. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I just, one, one side note about Avatar. Did you know this? That people, like, killed themselves after watching that movie? Not because it was bad, but because the fact that they couldn't live in that world. Huh. Because they were so huh. depressed because it was so beautiful. And I thought, that movie was really bad. Well, they it won't live to see really the three bad. Avatar sequels that are planned. I, I might not live to see the three Avatar or how sequels. <laughs> in Disney World, they they recently opened like the Avatar World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In preparation for hopefully all the money they plan to rake in Jeez. for the Ridiculous. Avatar sequels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they can keep those sequels. I don't need to see them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, thanks again, everybody, for sending us your feedback. Let's move on, then, to our push select game review section. I'm going to start with the game that uh, <laughs> that my least favorite of the two. Uh, and I like the other one. But this one, I, I will admit, I, I'm not a big fan of. And uh, it's going to, yeah. So I'll just say it. It's, the game is Our World is Ended. And it is a visual novel. And when I say visual novel, I really mean it's a novel. It's not a game. You're not playing anything. There's no gameplay in this game whatsoever. It's just reading and a lot of reading and a lot, a lot of reading. So you never pick a dialogue option? Once. Once <gasps> I did. Once. And it didn't seem to really make a difference. And I didn't even understand how or what I was doing because to pick the dialogue option, it was like all these words were just scrolling past like really fast. And I had to like stop on one of them. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I didn't even care at this point. <laughs> I was like over an hour into the game when I first got my first selection of what dialogue you can pick. Okay. Um, so I'll start with a positive. Uh, the voice acting is good. Huh. It's Japanese and it's good voice acting. And the artwork is good. I mean, it's an anime style artwork mm-hmm. and it's good. The story is mildly entertaining, but not something that I want to sit through and read. Uh, and that's it. Those are the good things. Now let's go with the bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this game is so perverted. I am not a prude. I am not a prude by any means. <laughs> but this game starts off in the first five minutes of the game. Your character is like staring at a high school girl's breasts. And talking about how, how her female parts are a weapon of destruction for you or something. I don't know. I didn't get it. And then the you work for this you work for a company that's making software and it's supposed to be AR. And you wear this headset. And the guy that's running the company is super perverted. And he like turns on the AR that you, 
<laughs> you're looking at women with like bikinis on and swimsuits on and you're like oh this is great i like work uh, it's dumb i i'm sorry i just can't i couldn't get into this game at all it's it's this i i <laughs> i don't even know what to say about this game honestly <laughs> who put this out uh well it was it was published by pq but uh the game itself is so one of those games where the wife walks in and they're like, what are you playing? And you have to like jump at the TV to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Who did make this game? Sorry. I'm trying to look up who made this game. Um, As I look that up, I'll, I'll just keep talking about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I really don't even know what to say about the game. Well, I yeah, mean, okay. it's. To be, to be fair. <laughs> Red Entertainment. Red Entertainment? Yeah. Do you know where they're based out of? I think Japan. Okay, because oh. to be fair, the things you are describing are really, really common in anime. Really common. To look at high school girls' boobs? Sorry, but what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If Depending on the genre of anime that you're watching, this type uh-huh. of fan service stuff can be really, really prevalent. And, you know, there's the lovable pervert is like a, uh-huh. an actual archetype of a character in in many anime. Well, there's a lot of them in this. In this yeah, they game. play it off as a joke. They think it's funny. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing if it was just like happened once, but like every like five minutes, he's like, at one point you're comparing these two sisters and their breast size and you're like looking at their breasts and your character and then these girls are like are you looking at my breasts and you're like well yeah i mean it's dumb i just ah yeah. you so, said this game's so about augmented reality roger yeah yeah <laughs> what if this whole opening section is a framing device an augmented reality framing device in which the it, it's making a it, the game is making a thematic statement about how we view our reality and how that how our reality and perception of reality is skewed mm. by the amount of time we spend with technology. Mm. That would be interesting, but that's not what's happening in this game, for sure. <laughs> that's deep. That is deep, Christian. I think you're digging for something, and that's not You there. never know, Roger. Some of these animes have crazy twists at the end. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, that is not happening in this game. I will say there is some, like... There is some commentary about uh, working long hours uh, at a software studio and how it's grueling and very little pay and that people don't really like appreciate some of the art and the the work and effort that goes into making games. Okay, that's nice. But I appreciate that. But uh, I can't call this a game. This is not a game. There's no gameplay. You just read. You sit there and read the whole time. There's no gameplay. None. 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 Zero. And None, I, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> there's <laughs> no there's no gameplay. And for sixty dollars I cannot recommend this game. It's super expensive for a visual novel that you just sit there and read. It really is that bad? It really is that bad. <laughs> is it really that bad or is really just you're the wrong audience? I don't know. I guess I wanted... I mean, I like anime. I mean, I'm not, like, the biggest anime person in the world, but I do like my anime. I like Slayers, and I like Ranma One Half, 
Uh, which is, you know, I mean, Ranma's on the borderline of like being a little raunchy, I guess. <laughs> I like that. But you know, to to kind of to Roger's point, there there's no gameplay elements. Yeah, like just reading, mm-hmm. looking at pictures and reading the the text. Yeah, but so. I I don't play visual novel, so I don't know how yeah deviant it is from what's expected in that genre. Oh, mm-hmm. so I'm playing another visual novel. I'm not. I mean, I was going to talk about this during games I'm playing. I'm playing Valhalla, the cyberpunk bartender one, mm-hmm. and that game's good. You're a bartender, and you make drinks for people, and you talk to them, and you start learning about, like, this world that they live in. It's awesome. It's great. And it's fantastic. And there's gameplay elements, and I like it a lot. (laughs) And I played Arcade Spirits, which is a visual novel, and there's plenty of, like, dialogue selection, and I really liked that game. I gave that game an A. This game, I'm giving an F. I can't, I can't, I can't, uh... I can't. I can't re- recommend this game for, for even for people that like visual novels because at least in the visual novels I have played, there is some elements of gameplay and there's no gameplay whatsoever in this in this in this game. Mm. Well, fair so, enough. All right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a breath now, Roger. <laughs> Whew. Now I'll move on to the other game I've been playing and I want to review, and that is Galaxy: The Void. Which is also anime. I think that's based on the anime, I think. But it's really good. I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The voice acting also is very good. So, so, I mean, just give you a little background behind this game. So there was, I think a year ago, there was a game called Galaxy that came out on the Switch. But it was a mobile port. And it's a free-to-play game. And there's some microtransactions in it. And it got a bad... Uh, rap, I guess, for, for being a mobile game and having a mobile port and having microtransactions. But the game was actually really good. And I really enjoyed it. And I never spent any money on the game. I mean, there's loot boxes in the game. But you earn enough that you don't have to... Uh, I mean, if you just grind enough in the game, you, you earn enough that you can open loot boxes and you don't have to buy loot boxes. And, I mean, I actually kind of feel bad that I didn't buy a loot box because I played a lot of that game and I really, really enjoyed it. And then when I heard this game was coming out for the Switch, I was like, ooh, this is awesome. This is a actual uh, pay. I mean, you, you buy this game, so it's not a free-to-play game. And this game was out on the PlayStation, I think, and maybe Steam as well. And now it's coming to the Switch. And, uh, I mean... There's a lot more polish to the game. There's a lot of there's voice acting, which is really really well done. It's awesome, and uh, the game is about this uh, pilot, and he he is lost out in space. He's fighting for like this rebellion against this empire, and he's picked up by a group that uh, are like fighting against the empire, and and you are sent on missions, and it's really good. The the voice acting is really great. Uh, it reminds me a lot of if anybody's like a fan of like Robotech, like it reminds me a little bit of that, like that kind of style. Uh, the gameplay is great. So I will say this: uh, it takes a little bit to get used to the ship mechanics. Uh, if you play the first one, you'll pick up on this right away. But if you haven't played the first one, the ship mechanics are a little hard. It is. Uh, <laughs> speaking of hard, this game is really, really hard. I mean, <laughs> really hard. The other, the the first one that came out. 
uh, you're able to grind. You can continue to do the the same missions over and over again and level up your character and level up your ships and stuff like that. And this one doesn't really have that mechanic at all. And uh, the the AI in this game is way smarter than the other mobile port game. Uh, so it's it's really hard. And and they have two modes. There's the mode that it was originally designed for. And when you die, you would start over way from the beginning of that whole chapter, which would Ooh. suck a lot. Those are for that that mode is for people like Christian that like to torture themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did include the other mode, which will allow you to start over from that specific like scene that you're on, or that certain level that you're on. That you don't have to start all the way over from the sharp chapter. Which thank God, because you will die a lot in this game. Um, but it's good. It's a good game. It's it's uh it's hard, but it's uh it's a good space fighting game, and uh it's kind of it's kind of I don't want to say Diablo, but it's like it's a down it's a it's like a top down space fighter shooting game. So uh, I really like it a lot, and that game I would score an A minus because I really really Jeez. like it. Yeah, it's right. really that's fantastic. Good. At fifteen dollars, Roger, yeah. I believe it is. Does yeah. it offer like a significant amount of more stuff to make it worth buying instead of just playing the free to play one? Um. So I mean, you have the story. So I think there's three acts or four acts, chapters or acts to the story, and and each chapter has like several different levels in it. So I mean, there's there's a plenty there, and then they, like the two modes. Like I said, you can play the the easier mode or the more hardcore mode. Um, so they don't, so unlike the free to play one, uh, they don't have like the free to play one will have events like every month or so where you can participate in events. And this one doesn't have that. Obviously this is truly a story based game, but I think the people that were looking for a story based game and not like the, the mobile version of the game will really like this game. Like this, this people were asking for this game to come to the switch and they were hoping that this was the game, uh, a year and a half ago when they mentioned that Galaxy was coming. People were hoping that it was this game and they were disappointed it wasn't this game. So I'm glad that they brought this game to the Switch. Now, um, as I have another question is as it come as it's coming from a free to play origin, yeah. basically, and creating something that isn't free to play, how is the progression? Do they get the pacing right? Because mm-hmm. with like a free to play game, you can just spend a bunch of money and then have the best thing for the most part. Yep. Is this like the does the upgrading your ship have a good pace throughout the course of it, or can it be a slog having to grind all the time? Yeah. So in this game, unlike the other one where you have to buy like loot boxes and and you get different pieces for your ship to upgrade, like this one, uh, you go around and you collect uh, junk, I guess, or like like j- scrap pieces or scrap. I don't know. I don't know what they call, it, but like the money from from the game. And and then at some part in the game, you will pick up. That's actually pretty early in the game. You pick up um, this trader who's also in the mobile game too, but um, so so basically he's like a weapons trader, and then you can spend your money that you uh, get in the levels on different weapons before each level. So like you can buy new, more more missiles or better shields or more health uh, to help you in your next. Uh, mission that you're playing so and then as you're flying through each mission then he has like little like stations in each in each uh uh level that you can buy uh more like like for instance i buy i buy a lot of missiles because like 
<laughs> seem to be the thing that you use a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find his like little crate and like get more missiles from that. And then there's also like drop boxes throughout the game too, where you might find like health that you can use to help you uh, through your game. Uh, and so yeah, so I feel like the progression was was fair. And then you le- you learn different, um, like different maneuvers and stuff like that as you play. And and it actually the very first thing they do is walk you through the tutorial. So when you're found like kind of floating out in space they like test your ship to see like what's all working on it. Right. So, so like that's your tutorial, which is kind of a cool way of doing it. They're like, okay, now use your thrusters and, and shoot your, your weapons. And okay, that seems to be online and all this stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of a neat way of getting you used to the game. And then as you progress, you start learning uh, new things that you can add onto your ship. Okay. So that was fair. Uh, yeah. Different though than the mobile game for sure. I mean, the mobile game had a lot more components of you using loot that you get from uh, the game. You can either earn it through buying it with, you know, grinding, or you can get different robots and stuff like that in the mobile game. And this one is more level-based, where you level up based on the level, or you earn new things based on the level that you're on. So the progression is different. So yeah, I I don't know. I I really enjoyed the game. Uh, it's in it, and uh, it does have an anime feel, like I said. So the so, takeaway is get Galaxy. Not <laughs> our world has ended. Yeah, well, Galaxy, like Christian said, it's fifteen dollars. Like that <laughs> to be like fifteen dollars versus sixty dollars, and you have a game where you actually are playing a game versus <laughs> just sitting there reading for hours. Uh yeah. Anyway, those are the games I wanted to review. Do you, does anyone else have any other games that they wanted to review this week? I I forgot to ask before. <laughs> not not as official reviews, no. Okay. Yeah, okay. nothing here either. I okay. played through a game for review Ooh. that came out this week. Yes. I could talk about quickly. Yeah. So um, there's this game. All right, it's called Fade to Silence. Oh, yeah. no, that's not a bad name. <laughs> I already know where this is going. Came out last week uh, on Sunday. So it came out officially last week, Sunday. This has been in early access on Steam for like a year now, like two years now. It's been sitting there gestating, slowly becoming better with patches. And just like everything else on Steam early access, it is a survival game. So prepare to collect wood. Prepare to craft things. Make sure you're fed. Make sure you're warm. Because this is a winter survival game. So original. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Don't Starve. Is Don't Starve isn't always in the winter, is it? No, no, it's not. Okay. Yeah. And Don't Starve is like a top-down perspective, and that's got this nice Tim Burton feel. And Fade to Silence doesn't have any of that. So... Fade to Silence came out in 1.0. It came out on uh, consoles as well. And I played it on PS4, and it still feels like it's in early access. Very janky. The menus don't move around very nicely. They're very like clunky to navigate. That's not good. Frame rate drops everywhere. The dialogue cuts in and out very poor, very poorly. It sounds very slapdash, very cobbled together. 
not good. There's a story. The voice acting is hilarious too. I gotta say, hilariously bad. I love it. So but they yeah, go mean ahead. it to be bad, right? They meant it to be good, right? I think so. That's okay. why this game is a tonal mess, <laughs> okay. and it's beautiful because of that. It's a beautiful mess. So okay. you start out and you're this guy in this cave, and then you wake up. And there's this like weird, like uh, shadowy black creature that wakes you up. And his voice acting is excellent. Like he taunts you. He's like, what are you doing alive? Uh, I, I, you're dead again. Time for you to come back alive and inevitably die. And he taunts you alive. You're back alive. You get out of your cave. And immediately you meet your daughter. And she's just so happy. She's just chipper after you just slay these disgusting looking beasts. She skips up to you and she's like, hey, father, I'm glad you're back. Oh. And you're like... Uh, it's good to see you, daughter. Wait, 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 what? Wait, sounds like they had different accents. I mean, was is that true? Oh, yeah, there's accents okay. in this game. They're all bad. Uh, but but, yeah. but those sound consistent. Um, Maybe <laughs> those are wrong. I'm probably <laughs> projecting these accents. <laughs> okay. I love that Roger is always, like, really, really focused on consistency. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, Even in be? games that are admittedly... Or movies that are dumpster fires, and there's not going to be consistency. And he's still like, "Yeah, but what about this?" <laughs> that, oh, I, I, that's the history major in me. I expect consistency. Yeah. <laughs> well, from a story perspective and tone perspective, this game is not consistent. No. Not at all. Uh, mm. There's the setting's kind of cool. It's just like snowed out earth, but it's like an apocalyptic earth. And there's like cool stuff going on. Like the monsters look kind of cool. They're all like black and spiny and spindly. And they stand out really well against the white background because they've got these red glowing bits. It looks cool. Um, and then there's like these cool floating spheres that are just kind of like hover above the landscape. And then they drop junk beneath them. And that's like a cool idea. Like these floating masses in the sky. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. But when you play the game, oh, oh boy, none of that's awesome because uh, you run underneath these giant spheres and they drop junk. And sometimes the junk are giant cars that just fall out of the sky and hit you in the head when you're sitting there trying to craft stuff in the crafting menu because oh. the menus are cumbersome. And that doesn't sound fun at all. No, it's not. I mean, you're chopping down trees, you're progressing, so you've got this base that you can build structures in. But the problem is, is this game is so slow. It is not fast enough to feel satisfying to go through the motions and craft the stuff. Because there are plenty of survival games, and they all scratch a similar itch in a good way. Like, certain ones, they, they pick and choose what they want to do really well. But for the most part, they get that crafting, that satisfying progression curve down. Where you slowly become more powerful. You can get further away from your base. You can find new resources since you can get further away. And then you're also obliterating the enemies that you encountered early on. And this game doesn't nail it. It is so slow. You can only craft certain items, and then you got to build a building to craft the rest of the items. And after you do that, you've got to wait for one of your followers to craft the item for you. And you have to find all the resources on top of it. And it's oh so slow. It's not good. Wouldn't recommend it. I played it for like 12 hours. And I was like, all right, I'm doing good. I'm finally progressing. I get to like the next progression level area stuff where I can start crafting the level two stuff, which is the exact same as the level one stuff, only it does more damage. And so I can actually fight the enemies that are in the area. And then it just slows to a crawl because collecting everything gets even slower. Not good. Don't do that. And then I die. And this game has permadeath. So once you die, 
back to the beginning. Oh. So I died. You do have lives. So you, you have like three lives. But once you get rid of those three lives, it's all over. So I died after like 12, 14 hours. Had to start all over. Spent another 32 getting to the end. Oh. And I regretted all of it. Story was not worth it. Gameplay was not worth it. It was an absolute slog. You can completely forget that this survival game exists. You can forget oh. that I spent the past 10 minutes talking about it. Because <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> what was your final grade on it then it was like a 41 there were some redeeming qualities to it like yeah. the structure was nice it was very uh like explicitly structured in a way that survival games frequently aren't so like in a survival game it's usually just plop you down and then go do whatever you want and this one there's like there's like strongholds that you have to liberate but in order to liberate them you just walk over to this red fleshy thing and tap x a bunch and then go to the next one and tap x a bunch and it was slow it was uninteresting uh because of it so yeah 41 not good you can forget about it and that was on playstation 4 yeah yeah it's out on playstation 4 xbox one pc you know go nuts mm. go ahead and buy it i think it's like 50 bucks you just, you just told people to forget it exists yeah i mean if you're morbidly curious if you want to play a bad survival game fade to silence was made for you wow so you can you can buy a bad visual novel game for 60 dollars and a bad survival game for fifty dollars, or you can buy a good space shooting game for fifteen. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> the choice is yours, listeners. Yeah. The choice is yours. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, well, then let's go on to the games that we're all currently playing. So uh, let's see, Mike. Do you want to start us off? What games are you currently playing? So now that uh, Endgame is over and I could go back into the real world without getting spoiled by anything, <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, I went back and I'm back into Spider-Man on the PS4. Uh, I continued because uh, I've been streaming the story. Yeah, and Ooh. I'm yep. So I'm not again not too far into the story, but I did unlock the next set of side missions. Okay, so I'm gonna go through those right now. Wait, where, um, where are you at in the story right now? Can you tell uh, me? In the story, where am I? I just beat um, Shocker. Okay. At the uh, at the bank. the bank. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool battle. That was a cool battle. So yeah, so I did that, and so now I'm gonna do the um, research side missions and the Black oh. Cat side missions. So I will say this. I don't know, Christian. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but I felt like the research side missions were not fun. <laughs> I didn't have any fun with them. I'm not having fun with them. I got to yeah. fly through, fly or swing through clouds of gas. Okay. Yep. That mm-hmm. one's not bad. It's the other ones where it's like you have to swing between like the, uh, what was that? The, the cell tower stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about, uh, Christian? Yeah. Yeah. And I they repeat like them. them sometimes too, yeah. which yeah. is like ridiculous. I feel like filler and fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody on the stream said, "Hey, it's like playing Superman 64." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I'm... That, that was the weakest part of the game I felt. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm playing that. Uh also last night I played a few rounds of Friday the 13th oh. on the PS4. Nice. So, had had some fun with that. I, you know, I still enjoy there's still a lot of people playing that game, so That's good to hear. Especially considering it's a game almost not solely built around multiplayer. Yeah. Um so I had some fun with that. I enjoy playing that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, played some more Super Blood Hockey on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Uh, continuing my season. I picked that game up, by the way, Mike. Oh, nice. <gasps> yep. Uh, and then I played, uh, got into some more Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah. 
And uh, still not really far. I've only collected one, you know, Infinity Stone so far. Uh, um, but uh, other than that, I, I'm again, it's just such a such a cute, relaxing, fun game. And then uh, I played a game uh, called Glaive Brick Breaker on the Switch. Hmm. Uh, I fell victim to another one of those. Oh, it's on sale for ninety nine cents. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but I, you know what? It's it's for ninety nine cents. This is a fun game. It's uh-huh. it's an it's it's like a natural evolution or spinoff or ripoff, whatever you want to call it, of Arkanoid. Oh, okay. Or Breakout, however you wanted to mm-hmm. prefer it. It's basically where you control the paddle at the bottom of the screen, and the ball bounces up and down, and you have to break all the bricks to get to the next level. Um, and there's power-ups, all that other good stuff. There's a level editor that you can make your own uh, stages. There is a the the one thing I will say about this the soundtrack is awesome I really Ooh. enjoy the music it's it's it's, uh, it's poppy it's 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 wubby it's techno y yeah. it's it's just it's just an enjoyable soundtrack hmm. um, for ninety nine cents I I would definitely recommend it wow it's on sale nice. I don't know what the regular price is. But yeah, for ninety nine cents I wouldn't pay any more than ninety nine cents. So I'll wait until it gets to nineteen cents and then I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably get there eventually. Um, and then I don't know. I think. Oh, oh yeah. No, I. Uh, so I was rooting around, uh, cleaning out my uh, my nightstand, and I found a game that I thought I had either sold or got rid of, and I was so excited to 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 find it, and I and I played it a lot because this game got me through uh, a very very difficult time in my life. Um, and that's not even that's not even a joke. I know I normally joke about weird things like that, but no, this was this is a very difficult time in my life. But I this game was kind of my escape from that. So I found uh, Activision Anthology for the Game Boy Advance, which oh. is a co- a collection of all of the really good Activision games for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So it's got Pitfall, Keystone Capers, Barnstorming, uh, Freeway, um, a whole bunch of other games, a ton of games. And it gives like a history on each game. It shows you, you could actually earn the patches that you could, uh, back in the day, you could send out a letter with a screenshot to uh, Activision and they would mail you a patch. Yeah. So you can unlock like an image of the patch. Um, but I was really happy to see this game that I, to see that I still had it. So I played that a little bit. Nice. I had that on PS2. If you like Atari 2600 games, specifically Activision ones. You're going to enjoy Infinite Warfare, Mike, because if you play the Nazi Zombies mode, there's an arcade, and the arcade has all the classics. Well, a bunch oh. of the classics. Yeah, Barnyard and Pitfall and other Activision Atari 2600 game here. It's great. Can you play them, or are they just there for Yeah, sure? yeah, they're playable. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, they did that in Call of Duty World War II also. Playable oh, 2600 wow. games. Wow. Really nice little touch. That's awesome. Sweet. Cool. So that's what I played. Nice. Uh, what about you, Blue? What have you been playing? So, I never had a Sega Genesis growing up, as I think we've probably talked before. Yeah. So, this week, I finally got a chance to try Castlevania Bloodlines. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's very fun. The controls are really stiff, though. Yeah. It's And the whole thing of where um, you can't do a standing jump. <laughs> yeah that is making me a little bit crazy it's kind of important in a platformer to be able to make a standing jump but no yeah. we can't do that Mm-mm. yeah 
So uh, of the two characters, I picked the one that has the whip weapon because, come on, it's Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I wish that the whip was just a little bit, it seems perpetually just to be like two inches short of what like, I actually <laughs> need. Oh, that's great. So I'm, I'm um, not going to say it's my favorite Castlevania, but I think, you know, I just love Castlevania games. So yeah. I'm going to like it pretty much no matter what. So a lot of people say that that uh, between that and Super Castlevania, like this is a better better of the two. What do you have you played? Super, you played Super Castlevania, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do? You like which one do you like more? Super Castlevania. Yeah, me too. Okay. Agreed. Weird. People say Bloodlines is better. Uh, that's what yeah, I heard. Who says that? I, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Probably I've heard people the people say who this. sided with the Genesis and the yeah. 90s console wars. Probably. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. This is what I heard, Christian. But you're right. It's probably this probably is Genesis people that were saying <laughs> Bloodlines is better than Super Castlevania. Probably. Oh, it's just maybe it's just the weird forums that said that. <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. The same type of people who would defend this Sonic movie. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> just want to argue, <clears throat> just to argue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So I played that, and then the other game that I played most of all week and that I'm kind of obsessed with and I think I might need an intervention <laughs> is Cook, Serve, Delicious 2. Yeah, what is this game? So the first Cook, Serve, Delicious was a mobile game and I think it was like, it's like 2 or $3. And then I ran my phone battery into the ground <laughs> playing this game so much on my phone. And um, it's just basically where you start your own restaurant from, like, this crappy, like, I don't know, just totally run-down space, and it's full of rats and everything. But um, you you start at the bottom, and the gameplay is where people come in and order food, and then you have to follow the printed recipes on the bottom of the screen. So you add the ingredients that it says, and then you do the cooking method if you're baking it or frying it or whatever, and then you serve it. And then you have to do all of that um, before the customer gets impatient and leaves. And then you also get a score based on if you did it uh, with 100% accuracy or not, like if you missed an ingredient or something, you get graded down. So... I was interrupting. Go ahead. Oh, no. What? What's your question? My question. So I, speaking of running cell phones into the ground, I did that with Cake Mania. Oh, I love I Cake ever... Mania. Are uh... you kidding me? Yeah. I would yeah, like, I... like these type of time management games. Like these were my jam. Like, yeah. I don't know, like eight, ten years ago when Cake yeah. Mania was like really big. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it similar to Cake Mania in terms yeah, of gameplay? I mean, it, it's that kind of that kind of feel, but cook serve delicious takes it to like this whole other level because you're upgrading your restaurant. And then the number of, um, you unlock new recipes and, um, it's pretty funny because at the beginning of your clientele, they're just like all they're dirty and they're in white beaters <laughs> and they got cigarettes and whatever. And then as you upgrade your restaurant, your clientele starts wearing nicer clothes and everything. <laughs> Eventually like at the end, they'll come in like fur coats and everything, diamond necklaces. Wow. So that's the first game. The sequel is out on, I know it's on PC, and it's I've been playing it on Switch. It's the first game that I've actually taken my Switch out and played it in handheld mode. 
No. Because it's great. It's like a bigger phone screen. It's so <laughs> awesome. It's like this This is what this. Uh, it was made for. And then I know it's also on PS4, which you would play with the button input, and I don't have any idea how you would do that. It, it boggles my mind how you could possibly play it. Um, oh, so this is touchscreen then? Yes. Okay. Um, so in this one, you're building your own restaurant, but then you're also going and doing shifts in all these other types of restaurants. And you can go through and you can play the levels and then you get, uh, awarded medals per level. And to get the gold medal in each level, you have to do 100% accuracy, no bad orders, no angry customers. And it is so absurdly difficult. (laughs) It's like impossible it's so hard. Can you go back and like upgrade your stuff so that it's easier? You can in your own restaurant. That's what makes okay. it difficult is you can control like in your own restaurant, you can control your menu so that you don't have two complicated things I see. on the menu. You can have one complicated thing and a couple of simple things and that's how you can manage the crowd flow. But in the other restaurants, you can't upgrade their equipment. You can't change their menus. And so, like, right now I'm in the Chinese restaurant, and everybody who comes in has a customized order of, I want stir-fry with this type of meat and this type of vegetable and this type of sauce, and then you stir-fry it, and then they you finish it off with another sauce, and it's, like, so <laughs> complicated and so many choices, and I can't do it. Weird. Wow. Are they mandatory levels? Do you have to do these levels in other restaurants before moving on? Um, I don't know that you have to. But okay. I am because yeah. they're there. Are they? It sounds like they might be challenge levels. Do they just render all your progression and upgrades obsolete? No. Um, in the game, you're actually working in these other restaurants to get money to okay to put into your own restaurant. Oh. And I can see where, like, I wasn't doing them at first. I was focusing on my own restaurant, and then pretty quickly, I got to the point where I was like, "No, I need some." better stuff in here because like i think that it's the sequel cook serve delicious 2 seems to be made specifically for those people who want like their fingers on fire basically trying to keep (laughs) up with the demands of the game it seems specifically for those people who want like that elite challenge Mm, because it pretty quickly gets the difficulty is just ridiculous so you would recommend the first one over the second one not necessarily. I think if you haven't played, you will probably like the first one better. Okay. On the mobile game on the phone. But um, I don't know. This one, like, I can't. It's impossible, and yet I can't put it down. <laughs> oh, so. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what I've been playing. So and how, how expensive is this game, though? Uh, it was like $12. Cheap? Okay. Okay. No, <laughs> the reason I asked that, because, like, my wife likes those kind of games, too. So I'm wondering, like... Should I pick this game up for my wife and add it to her Switch? <laughs> because it sounds like right up to her alley, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like if she liked games like Cake Mania and um, Diner Dash and yeah. what was the burger mm-hmm. one that was like Burger Island, all those yep. kind of time management games. This is like the culmination of like every challenge like put into Ooh. this one. Yeah. Duck Serve Delicious. Like Two is twelve ninety nine on the eShop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because uh, <laughs> she used to play Diner Dash a lot, and at the time she was working as a waitress, 
And she's mm-hmm. like, why am I even playing this game? I do this in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. She likes that game a lot. So yeah, maybe I'll, I'll consider getting that for her. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Um, anything else? No, just mainly that one, but also Castlevania. Nice. Uh, what about you, Christian? Well, I haven't been playing through as much as I'd like to. Um, oh, I got a, like only each... like four or five games this week. Then yeah, only oh, like seven. one or two, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, okay. Other than Fade to Silence. Okay. So I got an HDR TV after oh. my very impassioned defense yes. of HDR over 4K a yes. couple weeks ago because yes. I don't care lo- about a lot of things, but apparently one of the things I care about for some reason is television resolution. God help me, but I got an <laughs> HDR TV, ran it through its paces, popped in oh. a few games. It is beautiful. I can absolutely confirm what I said initially. HDR over 4K any day, every day. Please, yes, make that a standard. Hmm. Okay. So, played some HDR stuff. Uh, I've been playing some more Cuphead uh, after I went through and finished it that second time on Switch. Uh, I didn't realize that you get a hard version of every boss that opens up after you finish it a first time so i've been going through and doing the hard versions oh great it is so good love the hard bosses i finished the first area there's three areas and then a finale i finished the hard version of all the first area bosses so i'm doing the second and third so mind numbingly tough and i love it it makes me hate the joy cons even more but <laughs> yeah okay so uh, not to digress but i was listening last week and i was like christian you play a thousand games. Invest in a pro controller. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I don't play a ton on my Switch. And usually the things I do play on my Switch, I don't need, you know, these very specific precise inputs. And, uh, you know, the GameCube controller has got me through what I've needed to get through so far. But I might have to. But it's like $60. I can buy yeah. a brand new game for that. Yeah, I know. So but... buy Our World is Ended for $60. Exactly. <laughs> I can verify that they are so worth it. <sighs> I, I freaking hate Joy-Cons. I can't... I wouldn't play at anything if I was stuck with those. Yeah. I don't blame you, Blue. It's tough. Well, also the thing is, is uh, if I do get a Pro Controller, I play my Switch like 98% portably, so I would have oh, to kind of okay. yeah. prop it up if I played with a Pro Controller also. But... Yeah, maybe it's going to happen. I mean, Cuphead is the only game I've run into up in, up to this point that I've been like, I really need this Pro Controller. Because, I mean, I made it through all the Breath of the Wild shrines fine, all the Super Mario Odyssey moons fine, but this Cuphead is doing it for me. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted. Hmm. Uh, but I did play through beginning to end of Kingdom Hearts Recoded on the DS. Oh. Oh, this one's interesting. Have you played this one at all, Blue? Recoded? Yes. Um, not much. I got you. Recoded was the only one I haven't finished, like the only main standalone game I hadn't finished in the Kingdom Hearts. It's the weird one. It is uh, in a a franchise that has a lot of weird games. This is also the weird one. It's a standout in a weird franchise. Yeah. So what Kingdom Hearts Recoded is, is it takes place after Kingdom Hearts 2. And it initially came out in Japan only as an episodic cell phone game. And what the Kingdom Hearts franchise does is they take a game that came out on a different platform, they remake it for a new platform, and then they put the little RE before it for RE. So they did that with Chain of Memories when they brought it from the Game Boy Advance over to the PS2. And they did that also with Coded for some reason. I don't know why they brought it off of cell phones. Uh, Don't ask me, because this game is largely pointless. And it is maybe the only standalone Kingdom Hearts entry I would recommend against playing. 
because not only is the gameplay like the gameplay is the most interesting thing about it and it's like mildly amusing at best the story is completely inconsequential to nearly everything uh it is like just just not 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 good not interesting not substantial not substantive because the game takes place inside Jiminy's journal that is digitized inside of a computer and you are playing as Sora but not the main version of Sora you were playing as a data Sora that basically has no ramifications on any of the rest of the Kingdom Hearts plot so you can just skip this in its entirety despite the fact that the cutscenes for Recoded are available on the 2.5 or 1.5 2.5 collection so you can watch through the cutscenes but even then it's awful because so much of it is just Disney World retread. You're playing through the same Disney Worlds as you did in Kingdom Hearts 1, which are also the same Disney Worlds you played through in Rechain of Memories, which are a lot of the same Disney Worlds you played through in Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. So if you played up to until that point, get ready for a lot more repeat. And they throw a lot of these weird gimmicks at you, which is what Blue's getting at is in that Recoded is weird. So when you're playing through every like new Disney World has a new gimmick. So it'll go from like an endless runner to like a turn-based RPG to like a side-scrolling slash em up. And it's interesting, but it's variety syndrome because none of them are none of these little throwaway sections are good enough to make them remain interesting throughout. And some of them are outright grading to have to put up with. So you can ignore Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memories, Roger, when you're playing through the 1.5 plus 2.5 HD Remix collection. Oh, so Rechain of Memories, not Recoded, huh? I'm sorry, Recoded. Rechain of Memories, do, do, you probably should play it. I know you're probably not going to, Roger, but you probably should. I'm, okay, one day I will. But so, <laughs> so, wait, is it on? Is it on the story so far? Is that on? So, as part of the story so far, they took a few of the games and ported them whole cloth onto this story so far. And then there are a couple other games that they just put the cutscenes on. Okay. Uh, so those are the two DS games that they just put the cutscenes on. One of them being 358 Days Over 2. They just put the cutscenes onto the collection. And then Recoded, they just put the cutscenes on the disc. So okay. you can get all the story material, but even the story material isn't very... Uh, there's There isn't much going on there. This game is not cheap either, because I saw it at GameStop, and I think it's like thirty dollars. Actually, really, jeez, yeah. I got mine like for eight bucks on eBay or something, but oh, it was really? just a loose cart. So, well, this was just a loose cart too. Oh, interesting. I know. I I almost picked it up because I was like, oh, Kingdom Hearts, but glad I didn't mm. actually. That's the GameStop markup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So. Uh, cool. Uh, so that was your second time playing through that? Did you say? No, first time. Oh, I first watched time. through the cutscenes, so oh, okay. it was like my second time through the story. I see. Even less interesting the second mm-hmm. time. It's mm-hmm. just mindless drivel in a mm-hmm. in a franchise that's full of very interesting and pivotal and cathartic moments. There were next to none of those in re- recoded. I'm sorry, recoded. Oh. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. Okay. Uh, for myself, let's see, what have I been playing? So besides the games that I mentioned, I also have, uh, been playing some more, um, of the, uh, 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 the, this, the Steam World Quest, and oh. that's really good. I, I really like that game a lot. Uh, I really, I, again, I, I think this is just such a cool, uh, concept with the RPG and, and card game like mixed i just i love it it's awesome it's so good it's so good so really enjoying that a lot and then the other game that i just started last night i just picked it up yesterday 
and that is Cyberpunk Bartender Bartender Action Valhalla. Uh, and that is a, a visual novel, but you are a bartender and you have to mix drinks for your for your clientele that come in and the story is interesting and it's gritty and it's 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 dark and it's just it's i don't know the words i would think of is christian saying it's gross and it's just you know slimy people and you work in this bar and you are serving them and it's your character is an interesting character and she's sarcastic and she's she's witty and she 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 doesn't deserve to be working at this crap hole bar but she is and it's just the hour that I played so far, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, and it, but like I said, there's <laughs> you're mixing drinks. It's not complicated, but it's interesting. Like you, you know, you have this guy coming in. He's like, I want a beer, and then, well, so in the future they don't really have beers. You have to mix like this mix to make it drink to make it taste like a beer, and then you serve it to them. And then you know, based on how you mix it, it could be like if you make it wrong, and you're like, oh crap, I start all over. But so that's like the gameplay part, but then there's just a lot of more like story mode to it, and you you're reading through and you're, you know, conversing with these clientele, and it's cool, it's awesome, I like it a lot, and that's a good visual novel because I'm doing something. You're <laughs> not staring doing... at body parts all. Day. Yeah, I'm not staring at body parts, right? I mean, uh, like I said, I mean it's it's a gritty game. It's not, you know, like I said, I'm not a prude because like in this game too, like this guy comes in and he was like. If I give you twenty dollars, you're gonna come back to the hotel with me, and you're like, no. And he's like, well, then you're worthless to me. I'm like, wow, that that guy's a jerk. But uh, so I don't know. It's a it's a gritty game, but it's 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 interesting. The story's interesting too. So, is there a narrative through line to it all? Is there kind of like a thrust to the narrative, or is it just watching people come in and talking to them and learning about the world and them for a bit? No, there is there is. Uh, there is some story to it. I'm not very far, so I can't really say like what the overall arch of the story is yet. Um, but there is there is some aspect of of a story with it. I just I, I can't really say completely what it is yet. But I can I can tell that there is something building up. So okay, um, I did have another question. Yeah. Uh, I saw that this game was getting like rave reviews as far as critical reception was concerned. I mean, it, there weren't a lot of reviews out there, but the ones yeah. that were out there were very positive. Yeah. And then I looked at it and I saw that it was a visual novel that looks very anime. Yeah. Will is there enough here, or is this game doing things in an interesting enough fashion to make it appealing to someone who isn't necessarily individual novels or into that very anime art style and kind of way of doing things? Well, so so it's. So I mean it is anime but it also it reminds me a lot, a lot of like like it reminds me a lot of like a cyberpunk like 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 Blade Runner like that kind of world right so so if you like like sci-fi like that and you like that kind of gritty uh storyline and just yeah it, I don't know there I think there is enough there and 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 the fact that you're this bartender and and you're like you have this clientele come in and they pretty much tell you anything and apparently you can get people drunk and they'll tell you other things which is kind of cool mm-hmm. um cuz i mean i'm i'm not 100% sure on that but there is you're when you're training your person's telling you how to make drinks they're like you know you can add more alcohol to these drinks but only use those on special occasions like because you never know what's going to be said or something like that and you're like oh i wonder what that means 
Hmm. Um, but yeah, like my last client that I, I was playing it late last night and I had to stop, but, uh, he was just being a complete jerk and I'm like, Oh really? So I just like pour tons of alcohol. Into it. Yeah. That's my solution to things too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean the character is interesting and the story is interesting and it's, it's like the story so far, like, you know, it's just, it's just like a very gritty and like interesting world that, that they place this character in. It's like a Blade Runner type world. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I, I say it's not that I'm against visual novels because I, I, I mean, like I said, I liked Arcade Spirits a lot. I really liked that game a lot and I'm enjoying this game. I, there has to be something to a game, some kind of mechanic or even choose your own adventure type aspect, which Arcade Spirits kind of had. This, you know, that's that's what I'm looking for in a visual novel. And uh, if I'm going to play it, I just want to sit there and read for hours and hours and hours. Right. It's not just. I'll just pick up a book and do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I wish the name was better. It's like it looks like yeah. a mess. It's like V A dash one one space H A L L dash A. Cyberpunk yeah. bartender action. I think I think that's supposed to be the you know the aspect of the, uh you know the 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 well the cyberpunk right. Mm-hmm. I think that's supposed to be the the feel that's supposed to give it. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean you're you're playing. I mean, like I said, I've only played an hour so far, so I can't really speak too much to it because I I've been enjoying the hour that I played so far, and. Just even mixing drinks is kind of fun. You're like, oh, cool. I can make this drink. I don't know why. I'm, and then I'm like, can I really mix drinks like this in real life? I don't think so. But uh, no, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, think, I don't know if they're real ingredients. I don't know enough about mixing drinks to know mm. if this is real ingredients or not. But maybe I don't know. But it's fun. It's good. It's a good game. And I think that might be all I have been playing. Yeah, I, I I didn't get to play a whole lot this week. Uh, outside of the games that I was reviewing, I didn't get to play a whole lot. So, hmm. um, so uh, with that, then, let's do this. Let's take a break. And we're going to then come back. We're going to get into our hot topic. And our hot topic actually has to do with game reviews. And we'll be talking about, is a score of 7 out of 10 really a bad score? Why do people start thinking that? Like, And because Days Gone got a 7 out of 10 on Metacritic, and man... You would think that people thought that, that was like a two out of ten. Um, so we'll talk about that where where that mentality comes from and and uh, talk more about scoring games. So stay tuned for that. And welcome back to Gamerheads. Uh, this week, as I said, we'll be talking about uh, review scores, specifically around Dave's Gone. And the fact that the game got a 7 out of 10. And our friend, Robert Ramsey from Push Square, wrote an article about it saying, you know, people think that 7 out of 10 is bad. And where did we get this mentality that 7 out of 10 is bad? People are saying, I'll wait for that game to go on sale. I'm not going to buy that. And, you know, his argument saying 10, 7 out of 10 isn't bad. It's a, It means it's a good game. It's not great. <laughs> but it's better than average. 5 out of 10 is average. So where do we get this mentality that seven out of ten is bad? Um, so that yeah, I want to talk about that. How how do we get to this point? How do we get to the point where we where people think seven out of ten is a bad score? 
I think I think there's a lot of things that play into it. I think that, you know, I, I there's so much oh man. Where do I start? Um, I think there's so many games out right now, and so little time to play all of said games that a lot of uh, people only want to only want to spend their time with the best of the best. So they want. So that I think that kind of fed into that mentality where. If it's not a nine or a ten, it's not worth my time. Yeah. Um, and I'll agree with you. Like somebody says, oh, seven, seven's terrible. No, that's absolutely not true. There's games that have been scored fives and sixes that I thought were perfectly enjoyable. Um, there's games that were that were nines and tens that I'm like, okay, I'm done with this game. I don't need to play this. Um, I think I think in terms of time management, people only want to play the games that will give them the biggest bang for their buck. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and this didn't, didn't always used to be like this. Mm -hmm. There used to be like score, like fives, you know, well, maybe not fives, but sixes and sevens were considered good games. They were considered, Hey, there's not, you know, nothing fundamentally wrong with this game. It's still enjoyable to play. Uh, But I think that, I, I think that in terms of just society itself, like if something isn't perfect, it's it's just the worst thing ever. Like yeah. so, like people are are kind of conditioned now to feel that everything has to be the most amazing thing ever. Otherwise, you're it's it's the worst thing ever. Hmm. Like I don't know. That's that's kind of how I that's kind of how I <laughs> look at society. I hate the world. Wow. Wow. Now you should say something about the. Everybody gets a trophy generation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, PlayStation 4 has trophies. You know, I don't need I don't need to get a trophy for beating the first level. Oh. What? I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you I think you're right though. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with uh you know, people wanting to spend there's so many games out there. Maybe that's part of it is maybe there's so many games out there. That if you see something that scores a seven out of ten, you're like, well, I have plenty of eight nines and tens that I need to play before that, so I'm not. I'm gonna wait for that game to go on sale. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Yeah. yeah well, I I say I'm gonna wait for a game to go on sale only because I'm a cheap ass. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll wait for any game to go on sale. <laughs> yeah. That's why. What oh, man? What 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 didn't I pick up? If there was one game that I'm wait. Oh, um. Resident Evil 2. I'm waiting for Resident Evil 2 because it's going to go on sale. It's been on sale already, but I can wait. I can wait. It'll go cheaper. I know it will. Yeah. Well, what about what about you, Blue? What what do you think? How how do you how did people get to the point where they feel like seven out of ten is a bad score? Uh, And I guess in your opinion, what you know, so people are saying that they're going to wait four days uh, gone to go on sale because it's a seven out of ten. Is there is there a is there a score for you that you would wait uh, for it to go on sale because it scored a certain uh, value before you buy it? Well, I know I I can't give credit um, to whoever started this discussion, and so that's kind of annoying me in my own head. But I was part of a discussion on Twitter a while ago about how. Uh, it was comparing game review scores from 
20 years ago and 10 years ago and then today and seeing that there's mathematically you can see there's been this enormous creep upwards of the scores and whereas mm-hmm. a game that used to maybe get a four will now get a six and mm-hmm. then games that used to get sevens are now getting nines you know that kind of stuff and we were talking about um how some of it probably has to do with the pressure of the the big review outlets trying to please the big studios and so whereas it, if you used to get an eight you know that used to be a great score but now it's not good enough eights aren't mm-hmm. good enough anymore you need nines, you need tens. And so uh, they were supposing that a lot of it had to do with the the pressures of the relationships and the complications, as we've discussed before, about the relationships between the review outlets and the, and the big studios. Um, but whether or not you think that's really the reason, I think you can agree that the numbers are, are just skewed in people's minds and, and now, whereas a seven should be a, a pretty solid game, now there's just this bad association. And I think that's why I'm so happy that uh, with our site, we give letter grades. Because yeah. there's, no, there's no bad associations there. Mm-hmm. It can more accurately reflect what we really think. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you think, Christian? Yeah, I agree with Blue a lot that it's kind of been the public perception that's begun to skew over what a score means. And I think a lot of the problems with Metacritic is that the same score doesn't mean the same thing for every site, nor does it mean the same thing for every review writer. You know, when you're going on these websites where there's 12 different authors, you don't have that one-to-one, you know, comparison point between scores. Like, for example, a game I reviewed on Push Square... I gave like a six or something. They're like, oh, so Drawn to Death is better. And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't played Drawn to Death. I can't tell you that. But I mean, because it's on this review website and it's got a score on it, they're going to compare it against every one of those reviews in that catalog and try and say what it's better than, what it's worse than, and then structure their, you know, game playing time around that. And I don't think that's good. And I think that's probably also a side effect of kind of this weird review aggregation that we've become subject to with like Days Gone coming out at a 72 on Metacritic right now, where it's just like all these numbers get plugged in, they get jumbled up and then poof, it spits out this number. And with it being 72, I guess people are like, oh, that's too low. I can't have that. Uh, because of this review inflation. And that's not something that all websites are victim to. But, I mean, it's the number they see on Metacritic, which is frustrating. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of public perception that if a game gets a 7, it's not very good for some reason. I don't know why that is exactly, but that seems to be, you know, the common line of thinking, regardless of what the content of the review is. And, I mean, that's something I saw recently, like, uh, with... My review of Katana Zero, 73, really, I, I enjoyed it. It got a recommendation for me, for me, like a seven or above. Absolutely recommend it. And then when I started talking about it, Roger was like, are you sure you like it? Because it's a 73. And I'm like, yeah, I liked it. It was a 73, <laughs> man. It's darn good. Yeah, it's difficult because we're trying to assign concrete values to something that is inherently subjective. And yeah, then people totally. are taking those as life and yep. death. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's where the value, and, and so this is this is the one thing that um, I think it was Patrick Hickey Jr. said this to us that 
Because I, I made a comment how originally we didn't have any scores on our reviews, and he said, "Well, nobody's gonna ever re- read your reviews then," and and it's probably Thanks, true. Patrick. Sure. What? <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> but it's probably true because you know the first thing that Paula people do is scroll down to see what the score is, right? And that was his point that they'll they'll scroll down to see the score, and that's all they really read. They'll they'll read the score, and they won't actually read the review. And 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 I think a lot of times, I think that's kind of the the whole gist of the whole thing here is that like a seven out of ten isn't a bad score. I mean, there are things that you can't. You can, obviously, you can't score everything eight nines or tens because then what's the point of having a ten if everything's a ten, right? So, I mean, there are things that go into the review and that we that we weigh, right, to say this is why we're giving this this letter grade or whatever, but other reviewers too, and and that's why they come up with the score. It's not there's I don't I don't think there's any science to it. It's just it's no. like this is this is, you know, we you know, it's based on our own judgments. But then also uh, but, yeah. I think uh Metacritic is not helping. Yeah. Because you agreed. know, they have those colored backgrounds to their scores. Yep. Yeah. And a 72 gets a yellow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so every you know, it's that um, subtext of it. Like, oh, oh caution. Look out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are threat level yellow here. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, and, and even, in fact, not only in the, the yellow, but then it also says, like, I think it calls it, like, mediocre uh, reviews or something like that. Or, or I forget I forget what the title that they use for for any of those yellow, um, the yellow scores that they do have. Mm-hmm. They, they call them, like average reviews or something like that and and it's like well but seven out of ten is an average <laughs> like that's better yeah, than average i don't you get know it. we can also blame the american schooling system okay? <laughs> why don't we go there because if you get a 50 percent on a test you know that should be average mathematically but you're gonna fail it and if you get a 70 percent, you're getting a c that's so, true mm-hmm. we've I been think... conditioned from earliest you know of kindergarten and first grade that's that true. A seventy is mediocre, and a five is a failure. Yeah, that's true. I, I think GamePro had it right, where uh, there there was no score; it was just various stages of a person freaking out. <laughs> the old magazine that yeah. started like if you, if it got a one, the guy was snoring, and then if it was like a if it was like a ten, the guy it, it was red, and the guy's hair was all spiky, and he was freaking out. Just yeah, the the old magazine. Look it up. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's sorry. It, it, the the yellow means mixed. So there's positive, mixed, yeah. and negative. That's that's what the different categories are. On well, that's that a, a lot of things are like that nowadays too. Like you know, um, if you work in a, in the in, in an industry where it's about customer satisfaction, the way they look at it, a nine or a ten, like in terms of customer surveys, if you're not getting a perfect customer survey, you're considered not giving that customer that quality hmm. service. Hmm. Weird. That's stupid. yeah. That is weird. That is weird. Yeah. And and I mean even even like so I do submit like scores, user scores uh on Metacritic and and then they'll show you like here are all the games that you scored and they'll give you like what your average score is, what your high scores are, what your low scores are and I'm like I don't know if I really care about that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Oh, okay. My average score is seven point two. Great. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> what I care about is the fact that, you know, that, that 
I don't I don't know if I need to know what my aggregate score is either. Like I don't what does that tell me? I don't know what that even tells me. Does it tell me anything? I don't know. No, it doesn't tell you anything, but actually Hydra is working on your profile. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well So that's yeah, they're using okay. that information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is kind of weird. And I think I mean maybe I think Blue you're onto something too with the whole you know school taught us that a seven out of ten is is not a good you know 70 out of 100 is not a good score forget everything and... you learn in school kids yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for many reasons but also this one <laughs> yeah uh my last question that i had here in, in this is is there a score that you look at and you'd say i'll i'll never buy that game because of that score like is there a score that you'd say nope I'm going to pass it because it got a score out of two or a score out of three. Is there, is there a cutoff for, for anyone on our panel here? I personally, I'd say anything six or below, maybe okay. five and a half or below. But then again, there's some games that are just so but ridiculous. Five is average. Six well, is even it, above average. I've been conditioned by the American education system. See? Don't blame me. Ah. Blame Mr. <laughs> Nepper, my eighth grade teacher. Yeah. <laughs> There was one game, was it? One game considered one of the worst of all time, like Ride or Die or something like that on the oh. original Xbox. I think so. It was just so awful. But something like that like makes me interested in trying it out just for just for sheer laughs. Totally. But we used to we used to do a game. We used to do a, do a segment on the podcast a long time ago called Trash Bin Games, and mm-hmm. that was one of the Trash Bin Games. Oh yeah. And that game is really bad. It is really bad. <laughs> it is really bad. <laughs> Uh, what about what about you, Christian? Is there a, a cutoff for you? I feel like not really. Uh, but it, it would depend if there's like a common consensus on something. Like if something has like a twenty or below or a thirty or below on Metacritic with like fifty plus reviews, I guess that would be the threshold where I would be like, oh, probably I won't like that. But even then, I feel like we as a people place too much, you know, cachet into review scores like for example Sekiro sitting right now at a pretty 90 on Metacritic which is 18 points better than Days Gone but I still think there are vast swaths of people that would enjoy Days Gone and it's third person shooting way more than Sekiro's punishing hand or melee combat yeah so and like Red Dead Redemption 2 one of the best reviewed games of last year I didn't like a lot about it and so you know there's i can't really trust review scores man because the scores mean so little in the grand great context of very carefully thought out and structured reviews hmm. blue if if a studio came out if it's a if it's a triple a studio and their score was a seven out of ten and let's say a small studio came out with a game and they got a score of seven out of ten does that does that make a difference for you at all not really, except for the small studio game is likely to be cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think price has anything to do with the score and, and also if your willingness to buy it? I mean, obviously, obviously, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just saying like, I mean, I know. think so. I'm, if a game is sitting at seven to 10 and they want 60 bucks for it, you know, I'm just not sure. But if an indie game is sitting at 7 out of 10 and they want 15 for it, I'm like, heck yeah. yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. But it's pretty funny because when you hear people talk about, at least on Twitter, 
you hear people talk about game reviews and as soon as the game reviewer says something that people don't agree with, they're like, well, that's why you can't trust game reviewers. I never yeah. listen to their scores because they don't know what they're talking about. Only I know what I like, blah, blah, blah. But then when a game reviewer says something that they agree with, then either they don't say anything or they're like, yeah, see, this game is awesome. I told you. Mm. So I think a lot of it probably has to do with bias confirmation, with justifying, feeling like you need to justify the things that you like. Because if you love Days Gone and people are saying it's a, only a 7 out of 10, yeah, I mean, then of you're going to freak out about it and say, nah, it's way better than that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because Lord forbid you just happen to like something that other people think is mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Uh, listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, do you think 7 out of 10 is a bad score? What, what? I guess, what do you do when you read a review? Do you read the whole review? Do you just look at the score too? I'm, I'm curious about that too. Uh, you can let us know. You can send us a tweet at GamerHeadsPC. You can send us an email at info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. You can go to our website and leave us a message there, and that's at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Or you can go to our Facebook page, and that's Facebook.com slash GamerHeadsPodcast. All right, before we head out, let's go around and tell people how they can get a hold of us. So we'll start with you, Christian. How can people get a hold of you? Sure, you can follow me on Twitter at Christian Cubza. Otherwise, you can read my reviews at New Game Network, Push Square, and GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Nice. And what about you, Mike? How can people get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at TC Throwers. You can also find the Controller Throwers podcast right here on GamerHeadsPodcast.com. And be sure to check us out at twitch.tv slash TC Throwers. Thanks. And Blue, how can people get hold of you? You can almost always find me on Twitter. My handle is at WritersView, and it's spelled with a Y, so W-R-Y. And then I also have a website, which is WritersView.com. Nice. And listeners, like I said, you can always find us on Twitter. That's GamerHeadsPC. Uh, you can also go to our website, GamerHeadsPodcast.com, and leave us messages there. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention, I've mentioned this uh, in previous episodes, but I'll mention it here again. Uh, do go out to our site. If you want to leave us a review uh, on our iTunes site, we would love to hear what you have to say about our show. Uh, I'll have a link out to our website, or to our iTunes account, I should say. Uh, in the show notes, so leave us a review there. And also, you can, if you listen to us on Podbean, you can also leave us messages on Podbean as well, and uh, and we'll get back to you on that as well. All right, so Christian, thank you so much for joining us this week. Okay, Christian has <laughs> left the building. <laughs> thank you, Roger. Okay, he came back. I couldn't find my mute button. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. And Mike has left. <laughs> Beautiful. I Mike's, just wanted to be consistent. Yeah, Mike's doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Roger does place a lot of importance on consistency. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask. Blue, thank you so much. for. I'm here. Hey, there she is. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And listeners, thank you so much for giving us uh, a couple hours of your day. We really appreciate you taking the time out and giving us a listen. Uh, that means a lot to us. So with that, uh, stay safe, play games, and don't let the bed bugs bite. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Good night. You gotta work on that one. I do. <laughs>